Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing. It's episode number 439, and we're recording live on Tuesday, November the 12th. Abriana, how are you? Welcome back. Yes, I'm glad to be back. Thanks for, uh, Karsten, thanks for filling in for me last week. I was traveling, I was in LA, and just with the time change and meetings and schedule conflicts, I was not able to make it, but I missed everybody. I missed hanging out with you, Asif. Yeah, it's always good. But uh, yeah, Karsten did a good job filling in. And uh, yeah, um, there's lots going on. Like it's, 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 I don't know, maybe it's kind of like the rush to the end of the year or holidays or whatever, but like it just seems especially busy right now so yeah I feel like it's so busy it's weird that the holidays are right around the corner I mean just yeah and you guys like your your Thanksgiving's like late this year um it's in two Thursdays from yeah but like like it seems like really late like it's like a short time I don't know to me I don't know it's because ours is in October so you know like we we have a good spacing between Thanksgiving and Christmas oh that's nice no we just continue to get fat and eat lots of food <laughs> you just go right through from thanksgiving through we go from halloween to thanksgiving yeah, there you go years it's not good all good right. well should we dive in yeah yeah so we've got uh a good show for you this week three industry news stories um and three member news stories as well uh, one of them a little bit unique which we'll we'll get to uh, when we get to the member news part but uh, i'll let abriana kick it off as usual Okay. Well, this story is really interesting to me. Ubimo, um, who we have heard a lot from, I think, over the last several years, um, who is an Israel-based startup. And they are, you know, an ad tech and data analytics. Um, and they are getting acquired now by Quotient Technology um, out of Silicon Valley and or, you know, Mountain View somewhere over there. Um and so they are going to be able to bring their capabilities to power some of what Quotient's doing. Um, so when you look at what, what uh, UBMO does is their capabilities empower marketers to understand and act on real world behaviors. Um, you know, this is a, a big trend. Um, and then UBMO, I mentioned, is based in Israel. But with Quotient, what they are focusing on is they have, um, you know, various media solutions that they sell to um of brands and retailers, uh, a lot of CPG brands, and um, they have some notable clients that that you know they have discussed. I think on their website, and you can see those there. Uh, but now they're going to be sort of like strengthening those media solutions um, with the real world behaviors that Ubimo brings. Um, so they do have a self serve platform, and um, I think they're just going to be leveraging most of Ubimo there within the self serve platform. Uh, but there were some other things that they mentioned as well. So interesting. I mean, go for Ubimo. We see so much um, great tech companies forming and coming out of uh, Israel right now. So I think this is a trend we'll continue to see, um, you know, stateside acquisitions of Israel-based companies, which is probably a good thing. Um, I didn't see anything about the price uh, they acquired them for, but um, I don't know. Good for them. Congratulations, Ubimo. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you, you know, like, I, I like this story because it, it just kind of speaks to 
more, you know, the maturing of our industry, right? And, uh, you know, UBMO is one of those companies that's been around for a while, um, you know, solid technology company, like most of the Israeli uh, companies that come out in, in this space from Telnav to Waze to, you know, all those guys, right? So, um, you know, and even uh, one of our relatively newest members uh, of the LBMA, a company called Orient, that's uh, on the indoor location side. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, there, there's this strong pedigree of, of location tech. Um, and I think UVMO has been at it for a while, right? And they've built this kind of solid platform. Uh, I think the US team's uh, primarily based out of New York. Uh, with, um, but um, it seems like a good acquisition. It seems like it fits with kind of the, you, you know, the, uh, the activity that's been going on in our industry, whether that's, you know, sort of guys like Place IQ sort of getting out of the, the DSP part and kind of moving that over uh, to others, or, you know, you're starting to see, you know, some companies just focus on on being good data aggregators and then others kind of focusing on the sort of media side. Um, and, um, you know, I think this seems like a good a good fit for Quotient, uh, you know, with, with a sort of stable of brands and, and CPG clients that they have and being able to kind of look at, you know, campaign audiences and, and ultimately uh, measurement and performance um, kind of on the backbone of what UBMO has built, I think is, is, is super interesting. I think, you know, when I think about guys like Quotient, I think about, it, it reminds me of other, you know, sort of companies like, um, um, Valpac and, and some of these other types of companies that are really focused on that kind of CPG segment um, and have been trying to find their way into, you know, more digital targeting uh, solutions that are hyper local. Um, and so I think this to me is a good combination. So, yeah. All right. On to our second story. Now, I, you know, when this, I heard this on the news, like on, on the radio, as I was driving around the other day, and obviously yesterday, uh, here in Canada was Remembrance Day or Veterans Day, you know, in the U.S. or wherever you are, uh, you know, we take some time to kind of remember uh, our veterans and, and those that served uh, in, in various wars over the years. Um, and I was really, really happy when I, when I came across this story. So up here in Canada, the Royal Canadian Legion, which is, you know, uh, the, uh, the group of the, the kind of uh, the veterans belong to and puts out our Canadian poppies and all those kinds of things that people wear. Um, you know, they, they've been like, I'm sure, you know, every, every country out there that's, that, that tries to uh, shine a light on, on remembering, you know, what, what happened uh, and what our veterans did, uh, you know, has a tough time, I think, connecting with younger audiences, uh, millennials and, 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 and even younger. Um, and so trying to, you know, find ways to, to kind of do uh, engagement digitally, uh, I think, is a challenge. And so some bright mind over at the Royal Canadian Legion uh, teamed up with a 19-year-old uh, developer um, and uh, basically built uh, something called Remembrance Island, which is a, a whole feature or an island uh, inside of Fortnite. Um, and so my son plays Fortnite. Lots of kids I know play Fortnite. Um, and essentially what it is, is basically you can, you can kind of wander around as you do in, 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 in the game of Fortnite. And you can kind of go to Remembrance Island in this case. And because it, this is the Royal Canadian Legion, they, uh, what they did was is they kind of highlighted some key battles that the Canadian troops were, you know, centered uh, in Vimy Ridge and Battle of Normandy and 
uh, their work in Afghanistan more recently and things like that. Um, and you can kind of go to kind of these places and kind of, you know, see plaques of remembrance and sort of like, you sort of like virtually kind of go to these museums and these, these things in, in the game. And, and there's no violence at all on Remembrance Islands. And there's no shooting or anything else. It's more about kind of just taking time to remember. Um, so I thought that was super cool um, and interesting. And then what was e even uh, neater is, is that uh, they created this hashtag called Pause to Remember um, and kind of push this out on social as well. And they encourage people who are playing Fortnite, whether you're going to Remembrance Island or not, you're just playing the game, at 11 a.m. yesterday, they asked everybody to stop playing and kind of just um, stream this um, this hashtag out over the, what they call the overlay uh, in Fortnite and um, to honor veterans with a moment of silence. So I thought that was really like an, a, a neat way to kind of think about it in, dig, in a digital way, in a kind of um, a way to engage with, with, with a younger audience that's playing games and whatnot, and they even took that uh, the the hashtag piece and the the kind of pause in play. They, they well, it happened at 11 a.m. Uh, you know yesterday. Uh, they also asked people to do it at 11 p.m. because they know a lot of gamers play uh, at night. Um, and so I, I I just thought it was a, a, an interesting different way to kind of uh, get people to remember the sacrifice of uh, you know those that uh, that fought for us. Yeah, I think this is a great uh, combo of of digital and um, and history and and things that are really important to you know us as as nations and um, you know our freedom. So I think that it's great that you know young people are continuing to interact with this and so bringing it into something that has such a huge audience and um, allowing them to learn and understand I think is really important. You know, my four year olds in pre K and so she's been learning about Veterans Day. And so she was talking to me about it yesterday and um, her teachers are, are quite old and very Southern. And so she's been calling it Veterans Day. <laughs> <laughs> Veterans Day, I was like, it's Veterans Day. Um, but you know, it was nice. Like we got to call my, my grandfather last night and he is one of the last uh, remaining uh, Merrill's Marauders from the Army Rangers so you know it's cool like these things are really important and um, you know you're really proud of those people and as much as I think that they almost are like hesitant to be remembered um, I love this blending of digital and um, and you know bringing a different um, a, a different demographic to to remember you know remembering it mm -hmm. your parents, right so yeah all right. Yeah, the one last point about it that I thought was interesting, because like I'm, I'm not into Fortnite and you know, I haven't spent any time with it uh, other than watching my son play it. But the um, interesting thing is, is like to do this, they didn't actually the, the Legion didn't actually have a formal partnership with Fortnite. Like the, the way the platform Fortnite platform exists is you can you can just build uh, on top of it. Uh, you can design your own islands uh, in the world. And customized gaming experience you don't need to have their permission to do that um so that's that's what they did they just approached this 19 year old kid out of texas by the way um uh to uh, to create this thing um so i thought that was interesting too so there's opportunities people yeah build a fortnite island there you go um okay so we're transitioning quite a bit here because this is a story coming from pepsi and i um i think this is really interesting so 
the premise of their holiday uh, sort of campaign is to pay it forward for the holidays, which is great, but um, sort of their positioning on this is a little funny to me. So, um, you know, one of their lead marketers stated that people who gift cash sometimes get a bad reputation. Well, I would never give anybody who gifts me cash a bad reputation at all. <laughs> I am more than happy to accept cash from, from almost anyone. Um, but they were saying that, you know, a lot of times it comes across as not thoughtful and it lacks meaning. And so what they've done is they have, um, they have through the end of the December, they have all of these different Pepsi cans that you can buy the 12 packs of Pepsi diet, Pepsi, zero sugar, wild cherry, and Pepsi vanilla. And they have this QR code um, that's on it and it's like a digital scratch off game. So I guess you could, you know, gift somebody a 12 pack or you could buy a 12 pack and then um, you, there's like different globe icons that are there and you can um, turn them into cash. So I guess you use the QR code, it opens this digital scratch off game and then they see the Pepsi globe icons within the, the digital game. And then they can receive cash prizes ranging from $5 to $25,000. But they're saying rather than keep the money, um, you send the earnings, you can send it to friends, family, um, or you can do to um, Pepsi's nonprofit partner, which is United Way. And you can do that via Facebook, email, Messenger, AirDrop, which is pretty cool. Um, so kind of sending money to other people and then participants who actually register to play the game for the gift it for platform they are um, They're automatically registered for some type of a giveaway. They like there's a they did this in partnership with the agency called motive um, And then they have some other giveaways like one's a trip one's um, something with iHeartRadio like some different shows and so you know, lots of different giveaways. I think that this is the giveaway thing, you know, is not really new for the soda industry and the scratch offs and the QR codes. Like this is all pretty standard, but um, I like that they've sort of looped in something that's a little bit charitable here. Um, you know, I don't think it's like groundbreaking or super exciting, but I do like the idea of, um, you know, when I start, when I saw the title of this though, what I was thinking it was is like you can buy somebody a 12 pack of Pepsi and on the QR code you can attach cash to it, right? So mm -hmm. you can give them like the Pepsi with some money, which I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, I like the idea that this is, you know, something going towards nonprofit, but I also think it would have been cool if you could have just gifted the Pepsi cans with money attached to it, right? So it's like thoughtful because you know somebody really loves Pepsi, but it's more than just some soda. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think this is interesting campaign. I like, like I said, I like that they're bringing the charity into it and, and paying it forward. Um, but it's not anything super exciting. Yeah. Um, I like it too. I mean, I think, especially as we kind of come into this holiday season and we kind of think about more, we should be thinking about it year round, but especially in holiday season, we're thinking more about giving and, um, you, you know, good for them, right? To kind of figure out a way to kind of uh, get people uh, playing with their brand and sharing their brand, um, and and you know, just you know, finding a way to kind of engage people. I like the QR piece. I think it's easy uh, from an activation point of view. Um, uh, I like that. You know, there there seems to be a good range of prizes here. It's not like one prize. You know, um, and um, you know, from the trips to the you know, the other piece of it, uh, in terms of the cash itself, I, I, what I really like is the, you know, there seems to be 
a lot of ways to kind of share this, you know, by email, Facebook messenger, the airdrop piece, like that's, that's really good because they haven't kind of limited it to just one, one channel um, in that sense. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, when you were talking about, you know, at like being able to kind of scan it, give somebody a Pepsi and add cash, I was thinking back to some of the uh, stuff that uh, Alipay and uh, WeChat were doing around Chinese New Year for the last couple of years, right? Where you could have these virtual uh, red envelopes, um, you know, but you actually put real cash in from your you know, digital wallet uh, that you leave for people, right? Like, because that's, that's kind of the, the practice of Chinese New Year, of giving people money, right? Um, so, yeah, you could easily have kind of tacked something like that onto this. Um, where you could you could add cash in, but uh, yeah, overall I think it's it's good. I think it's um, you know I don't I don't have anything bad to say about it. I think it's a it's a good campaign. It's a solid campaign, and you know I hope people engage with it, and and I hope United Way you know see some good benefit from it too. For sure. Yeah. All right, so that's our three industry news stories for this week. Um, we're going to kind of shift gears now, um, and, uh, we're going to kind of jump into the member news, but one of the things that I wanted to, um, kind of talk about first, uh, you know, I, it is member news because uh, the two companies we're about to talk about are, are LBMA member companies. Um, and they happen to be companies that Ariana and I are, uh, are both very closely aligned with, uh, um, uh, Gather Lab and uh, my new company, uh, Ground Level Insights. Um, and our two companies have kind of teamed up and uh, are working very closely together from, from a data perspective. But maybe before we kind of jump into the platform itself, Ariana, why don't you just take a couple of minutes, explain what Gather Lab is um, and kind of why, why it's important. Sure. So um, many of you who know me or have heard me talk on the podcast for a long time know I've been with a company called Digital Element, which is a business unit of Digital Envoy. So um, I am kind of uh, rare in the space that I've been with a company almost eight years. Uh, but anyways, it's been a great company to work for. And a lot of the products and things that I started working on um, with an element were just skewed a little bit different from what we were traditionally offering. And so early this year, 2019, we decided to branch off and create a new business unit. Gather Lab and Gather Lab is really focused on custom audience creation at scale across all devices. Um, so we allow our clients to sort and segment audience data. Um, we can do this tied to um, you know, mobile ad IDs or maids. We do this tied to IP addresses where we're leveraging our 20 years of experience in IP intelligence and uh, location-based data and services. Um, and then we incorporate physical location as well. So we look at all kinds of different behaviors and demographics, and then we can tie them to either locations um, or connections. And so um, it's been really fun. And we just, uh, we've kind of been in beta throughout the year and then last month we actually had like our formal launch so you can check out um, more details at gatherlab.com and that's g-a-t-h-r-l-a-b so gather without an e um, gather lab no s it's one lab uh, but we are really excited so we rolled out our living audience platform and um, we were able to kind of dive in and do a little bit of a case study through that uh, with the Seif's company and ground level insights and so um, you know, we've been doing some creative stuff there and, and we're excited to do more in the future, but Steve, why don't you share a little bit about how 
That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, in addition, obviously the LBMA um, recently started, I, I recently started a, a new company called ground level insights. Uh, and we are a company that basically aggregates multiple sets of location signal data coming from all over the place. Um, hundreds and hundreds of different data sets uh, that we pull together uh, from uh, SDK data, uh, just device ID data, cellular data, uh, social media data, a whole bunch of different things that we kind of pull all together and uh, aggregate and then push through an AI platform that we built uh, to then derive insights specifically uh, around the physical movements of the cannabis consumer. Um, and so that's kind of where we're oriented right now. And um, the, where the collaboration is, is one of our, our key data partners uh, in that is, is Gather Lab. And so, uh, you know, we, uh, we've been pulling, uh, you know, uh, several aspects of their data into the platform um, that gives us a great deal of understanding about um, the sort of the insights of these consumers. So maybe what I, I can do quickly and see if we can make this work. Um, for those of you watching the video uh, version of this, hopefully you'll be able to, to see uh, my screen as I share a little bit about what, uh, what we've put together here. Let's try this. Okay. All right. Do you see that, Irina? I do. Okay, great. All right. So what you're looking at here is kind of the initial dashboard for a ground level insights customer. So Picture you're a, uh, an operator, retail operator with dispensaries or medical clinics uh, in the cannabis space. In, in this particular, uh, this is our beta version that's out in the public right now. We have five locations. Uh, it's obviously a mixture here. They're randomly generated when you sign up to our beta. Uh, here we have some California locations, um, one in Washington State and a couple, uh, one in Canada, uh, one in Oregon. So, um, and what, what you see here on the top right is kind of, um, uh, account basically of uh, how many total visitors uh, came into those five locations this week. Uh, we can look at this uh, over different uh, date ranges this month, today, custom date ranges, whatever. And then we can also see um, how many of them are repeat customers or first time customers and so on. Um, and, and so that in itself is interesting. Um, but uh, let me kind of click through some of the other pieces that kind of show a little more uh, reality of what's going on in businesses. And so here, uh, kind of looking over at what we call the map view. Now, if I click on one of these, like Santa Cruz Veterans Alliance uh, in California, it pulls it up on the map. And then we're able to kind of set a geofence uh, around that particular store or that clinic. In this case, we set it to two kilometers. We can adjust the, the range uh, of that geofence. But what we're doing on the map view here is we're actually doing uh, geo-specific social listening. Uh, and so down here you see live Twitter data coming in um, and this is all inside of that two kilometer radius of people who are tweeting about cannabis based on a set of keywords and hashtags uh, that we've uh, predefined and our customers can obviously uh, customize that list. They can add their own uh, hashtags or uh, uh, Twitter handles. Right now in the beta we're only showing it with Twitter in a few days we're going to add Instagram and other things in here as well. Um, but essentially, you know, we're, we're doing a very specific uh, kind of listen around, uh, the, you know, your particular uh, physical environment or store or clinic. Uh, what people get really excited about, and here's uh, one of the areas where we rely heavily on data partners like 
like uh, Gather Lab. So here's the Santa Cruz Veterans Alliance again. Um, and what you're looking at in this case is uh, the before and after behavior of the cannabis consumer uh, prior to coming into Santa Cruz Veterans Alliance and, and after they leave uh, that, you know, where do they go? Um, and so we're trying to understand the, the movements uh, and the behavior of these people before and after. Uh, and we're able to break that audience down by iOS versus Android users. Again, we're looking primarily at mobile device ID data uh, to do this. Um, we can look at the device language and kind of break that down for folks as well. Uh, to get a sense of demographic. Obviously, it's not a, a true metric in that sense, but it gives you a, a bit of an understanding of kind of what that audience looks like. In this case, we have the place type set to bars, uh, but we can change that to a whole range of different categories. And so here you can kind of see, uh, you know, the, the most frequently visited bars in, uh, in proximity to uh, the, uh, this particular uh, uh, clinic. Um, and, the, and, and the after visits to that and the average dwell times. If I change this, let's, let's, let's see. Let's see if people are going to ATM machines to get cash before they go you know, buy their cannabis. What do you think, Adriana? <laughs> Likely. <laughs> <laughs> Likely. Um, and here you go. So they're going to Bank of America. Um, I don't know some of these Cartronics ATM and so on. Um, but again, like we can look at this for pretty much any category. Uh, there's, you know, dozens of categories in here, businesses. Uh, that people are visiting, um, and um, and so that's really interesting in terms of figuring out, you know, who in your neighborhood. If you're the retail operator, you might want to, uh, you know, uh, solicit for potential uh, cross promotional activities. If you're on the LP or product development side, you know, you might be interested in looking at uh, trends uh, in a particular state or city uh, in terms of product development. So if you see a lot of traffic, for example, going to you know, yoga studios, then you might want to develop an infused yoga product or, or something like that. Uh, and we're talking to a number of companies like that. So just, you know, kind of giving people a sense of uh, what you can do with location data, right? Um, especially in a new and emerging market like this. And, you know, having great data partners like GatherLag gives us the ability to kind of take, you know, all sorts of, uh, of interesting data and mash it together to kind of focus it on an industry and help derive insights. So, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's the mashup of uh, our, our, our two companies right now. So there you go. Any, any thoughts on that before we move on? No, I mean, you know, we're excited to be, to be a part of that. And, um, you know, I think that it's a, it, it, like we talked about earlier when we talked about UBMO, you know, this is a very changing um, landscape and marketplace and things are changing when it comes to like, privacy, uh, you know, implications and regulations and, um, you know, working with good, um, you know, good quality data and data that is secured in, in the right fashion, I think is uh, really important. And so we're, we're happy to be powering, you know, really, um, I would say like innovative companies like ground level and and hopefully lots more in the future. Yeah, and I think to to your last, to the point you just made there, I think one of the keys for us in in seeking data partnerships with companies like yours is 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 quality of data, right? It's it's the authenticity of the data, um, and and being able to have like super high quality validated data uh, in our industry. You know, we know it's been an issue, and so when you can find great data, then you know you, you jump on that. So uh, we're excited about that because we know you know, the, the data that we have in here is, is true and good. Awesome. So there you go. All right. On to our second member news story. 
Yeah, so um, now we are going from the ground level up to the air with a drone conversation. So um, remember a few weeks ago, we had talked about some of the drone deliveries with um, some of the pharmacies and kind of UPS getting into that. And now um, UPS and CVS are teaming up for drone delivery for prescription drugs, which is amazing. I think we talked about this, you know, being able just to have yeah. those drugs delivered, you know, like you have a sick kid, you don't want to take them out, whatever it may be. Um, so they just announced um, a couple of weeks ago that UPS Flight Forward or UPS FF, um, they've completed their first residential drone delivery to some consumers of CVS um, prescription medications. So they did this in Cary, North Carolina, and they used an M2 drone system um, by UPS and a partner called Matternet, um, which is the drone systems developer. And so they did this that was supervised by a remote pilot, uh, pilot who had the ability to intervene if he needed to. Um, and the drone hovers about 20 feet above the properties and then gradually grounded to deliver, you know, the, the medicine using a cable. Um, so they're looking at a variety, you know, CVS is looking at a variety of delivery options for urban, suburban, you know, whether it's urban or suburban or rural markets. And so um, UPSFF was certified back in September, remember, to be yep. the first firm recognized by the FAA. Um, and so, you know, I think this is really interesting. And they're talking about how this could, you know, CVS thinks this could greatly improve the, the patient um, experience. And I would completely agree. I mean, imagine like you go to the doctor, you, the doctor sends your prescription electronically to your pharmacy, and then, you know, you drive home and you get home and the drone is delivering your you know, your medication, that just seems so amazing. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of companies that are testing this type of door-to-door -door, uh, technology and on-demand, you know, Walgreens, Uber Eats, Amazon, they've done, done a lot of testing. Google, obviously, uh, launching their Wings uh, unit. And so I think everybody's still just sort of like figuring this out and how it's going to work and where it's going to work and where it's not and where they have to look at other um you know, methods of delivery, but I think this is, uh, you know, a pretty amazing thing. Like it's an amazing time that we're living in that this, um, on demand type of service can be, you know, pulling up, you know, it can be delivered to your mailbox, delivered in a car to your door, delivered in a drone. Um, you know, there's like so many different options that you have for everything from groceries to medicine. And so, um, I don't know. It's an exciting time to be alive. And I'm like looking forward to more of these things because if drones can deliver medicine to us, you know, drones could likely be, you know, delivering medicine to, um, you know, areas that are really hard to get to in mm -hmm. you know, the middle of countries that just don't have a lot of, you know, um, healthcare or things of that nature. So delivering medicine and supplies and just think of what the capabilities are for helping out um, you know, nations that are in immense poverty and don't have, um, don't have, you know, adequate uh, healthcare or anything nearby. So I think that, you know, we're just touching like from, you know, from a very like, you know, first world problem type of thing of like just getting your medicine easier to, you know, what could that look like for these third world countries that are, um, you know, having all kinds of different challenges. So I think this is an exciting time and I think this is really cool. Yeah, I think it's super cool. Um, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, uh, you know, one of the companies we, we've covered periodically over the years uh, out of the UK is a company called What Three Words. Um, and this is a company that's basically trying to reinvent uh, addressing because 
to your, to your last comment, I think when you think about third world uh, countries and environments and trying to get uh, support and equipment and emergency supplies or medicine, you know, to let's say a remote part of a jungle uh, or, you know, the middle of a desert or whatever, there's no building, there's no address, you know, it's, it's not a normal UPS delivery. Uh, and so I think as we kind of move more and more into this type of uh, delivery, um, you know, you're going to get to these, uh, the, the need for, you know, new types of uh, mapping and addressing systems to go along with it, right? Because, you know, the, you know, like dropping a, a package, even, even in an urban environment, um, like they're talking about here, you know, into the backyard uh, of a house, you know, or a rooftop of a building or whatever may not necessarily be the same address that we would normally deliver it to at the front door, you know, where the ring uh, system is or whatever. Um, so I think that's something that needs to uh, evolve and, and partnerships need to happen um, between sort of the mapping and addressing community, um, the big geospatial data community, um, and then kind of what's happening in terms of consumer-oriented drone delivery systems. So you know, that for me, that's something that that's not there yet and, and needs to happen. But I, I'm super excited about the potential for this. Um, and especially when it comes to uh, prescription drug delivery, um, especially for elderly folks who maybe can't get out of their home easily or can't drive or, you know, what, whatever the case might be, being able to bring it to them uh, and get it to them uh, in, a, in a way that's simple and efficient, I think uh, can, can save a lot of uh, a lot of headache for people. So um, yeah, I'm excited about the potential. I think it's, it, it's an interesting collaboration. So. Awesome. Yeah, all right, our final member news story, uh, kind of going over to, to Germany now, uh, uh, Wirecard, which is a company we've talked about recently on the show, um, they're, they're a big German-based uh, digital payments platform company. Uh, they have just announced uh, that they're buying a majority stake in a Beijing, China-based uh, company called AllScore Payment Services. Uh, they, the deal is valued at up to $80.3 million US dollars. Uh, so it's a significant deal. Uh, basically gives them uh, an entry into the Chinese market, which Anyone who's ever tried to do business in China, you, you know, you, you can't really do it from the outside. You sort of have to be uh, on the inside, you know, with your own local company or local representation. Um, and so uh, I think this, this investment, this majority uh, investment in this company uh, achieves that for them. Um, Allscore has a whole sort of portfolio of, of licenses uh, to operate. Um, merchant accounts and, and, and that type of thing uh, in the Chinese market. So they're essentially acquiring, you know, access to that um, around kind of uh, merchant uh, processing and settlement of, of payment transactions in, in local currencies too. Um, so that's super interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, from a Wirecard perspective in terms of their international footprint, uh, they recently uh, expanded into the U S market as well. Uh, we were, I was down at their, their, launch event in New York just a month ago um, and uh, they, they've also just kind of expanded their LBMA membership globally so they, they, these guys are really growing uh, quickly um, and uh, I think from an international perspective this gives them access to a market they didn't have access to in terms of Chinese consumers um, and then just the whole idea of digital wallets and receiving settlements in, in local currencies uh, which wasn't possible before so don't have a lot more to say about this. I mean, it's it's a pretty straightforward um, 
it's not an acquisition, but a, obviously a majority investment. Um, the company will continue to operate on its own, but uh, now, you know, uh, available in the Chinese market. Yeah, I think this is really interesting. The most interesting thing about this story to me is that um, you have like the most privacy sensitive com country uh, <laughs> investing in the least privacy sensitive country. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. But, you know, I think that, um, you know, what's really smart, we've heard, we've been having a few announcements about Wirecard lately. And um, here, you know, the Chinese market is just like, you know, the digital payment space for them is like so much more advanced than it is pretty much anywhere else. And so they've been doing it a little bit longer and the scale that they have there is, is huge. So I think this is a really wise decision um, for them. And then obviously just the ease of use it gives their consumers that have, um, you know, anything from a, a international business, you know, play just helps them out tremendously. So, there yeah. you go. <laughs> well, that's our show for this week. Uh, three industry news stories, three member news stories, a little bit of a demo in there. So we apologize for that. Um, but, uh, you know, we're excited about talking about these, you know, our new companies too, right? So, um, uh, and it's obviously smack dab in the middle of, uh, of the location data space. So um, lots to, uh, to consume there. Thank you for listening and watching. Um, and of course, if you're watching the video, the contact information is at the uh, end of the show. Um, uh, we would love to encourage you to, um, you know, give us a, uh, you know, reviews uh, on the show, um, you know, in all the various uh, platforms out there that you're consuming this on. Uh, if you have story ideas, reach out to us, of course. Uh, we're easily found on all the major social media channels. Um, and we just thank you for listening and watching. And of course, we'll be back next week with yet another show. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.